With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. We say hello to our audience on Samsung TV+. Plus. If you want to go ahead and watch us, you can watch us there on Samsung TV+, Plus or on DKNetwork.com. Femi Abebefe in here in the Circa Resort and Casino. Michael Lombardi, of course, out in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, we are on to week three, Sunday slate. How are we doing this morning? Uh, we're trying to recover from last yesterday. I mean, from <laughs> the minute my big butt sat on that couch until it got over with when sore. I saw Notre Dame only have 10 guys on the field, it was a tough day, man. It was a long day. It was a, uh, ex- you know, it was a fun day. It was Flipping, fun. watching, you know. I mean, I, I covered a lot of ground yesterday. Yeah, I covered was- a lot of ground. It was good. <laughs> I don't understand, Femi. Uh-huh. What's the – why are people making – a big deal out of Colorado getting blown out. Like, wh- why does it have to be I told you so? Like, yeah. Colorado's a good story. They played good. They didn't have their best player. Oregon's a really good team. I still don't think Bo Nix is a Heisman Trophy winner. You can <laughs> pound your chest all you like, but we can touch that later. Uh, but, I mean, like, this happens in, in sports. You have to get good before you get yeah. great. It's not a Cinderella story. It never was. So I, I don't understand why people are taking such great – satisfaction in that Colorado lost. I I like Colorado winning. I like the whole story. Yeah, I I, I agree with you 100%. Like, there was a lot of glee on on social media when Colorado was getting their butts kicked yesterday, but we expected that. There were 21-point underdogs in the game. We knew once conference play started, it's like, yeah, that's when the depth is going to start to show. And to me, one of the reasons why I think that this is the case is obviously Dion gets a lot of attention and like he's going to draw a lot of attention to himself because he is one of those kind of figures that people are interested in. But to me, it almost feels like it's a lot of the the, the old school college football people, not just the old school, but the people who like love college football and are diehards that are now kind of protecting their sport against those who have now parachuted in to watch this Colorado story and get excited about Colorado. Some people were a little bit overzealous about Colorado, thinking that Colorado had a chance in this game. So I think it's a lot of the the gatekeepers, if you will, of of college football that kind of like, hey, guys, like this is not the first rodeo of college football and like like, settle down with all this Colorado stuff. So I think they wanted that to kind of uh, 
to, 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 to slow down here. But I'm with, I, lo- I love the story. And like the fact that there's, this is a team that had a win total of three and a half that already has three wins as we sit here on September 24th. I think that should be applauded. And honestly, if Dion wins five, six games, he should be in the running for coach of the year based on what Colorado was a season ago, a program that was absolutely irrelevant and only winning one game. So uh, I, I'm with you. Like Obviously, it was good for my Bo Nix Heisman ticket to see Oregon go ahead and win that game. But all that stuff aside, like it was a bummer to see Colorado kind of get beat up in the game. But it was also expected, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it just just doesn't look. You, you, that was a step up in class, and he didn't have yeah. his best player. But even if he would have had Hunter, I'm not sure the game would have turned differently. It may not have been what it was. You know, we know this: Colorado State played him toe to toe, had a chance, took him to overtime. Mm-hmm. Colorado State got whooped by Washington State. Everybody thought Colorado State was going to beat Washington State, not so fast. So we know that even though they, the Colorado State team. It is was a tough game. They're not an elite program, although they they did the Middle Tennessee thing yesterday. They took a lot of I think that was a lot of sharp people's bets too yesterday. But yeah. I I think the hardest thing to do in in football and college football is to handicap the competition. And I think yesterday was very clear about early in September. It's hard to handicap the level of competition because we use that. Well, they lost to this team and this team's no good. Like Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas loses to BYU and almost beats LSU in Baton Rouge yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, how is that possible? How is that possible? <laughs> but yet it was. And so I, I think that's something that you have to – I think that's what makes college football different than the pro game. You can't really just go by what you see. Yeah. I mean, we talk about any given Sunday. It's also any given Saturday as well. Like we forget that we're dealing with 18 to 23 year old kids out there. And it's sometimes they have bad Saturdays. Sometimes they have good Saturdays. They get up for games. They get down for games. And we see that all across the board there. How about Alabama? They're they're, uh, hushing the critics out there and and, and winning that game in Tuscaloosa against uh, Lane Kiffin. Can I say something real quick about Lane Kiffin? Like, like he, yeah. I, I think he's interesting for the sport because I like when people say interesting stuff and they say goofy things. I think it's it adds to the storylines, but it, it's it's come to the point where it's like you got to start winning some big games, man. If we're going to keep listening to you do all this poking and prodding of Nick Saban and other other programs here, like you, you needed to show up in this game and his team didn't show up losing 24 to 10 like that. Like, come on. Did you did you watch that game yesterday? I watched a little bit of it. I was mainly watching Colorado, Oregon, but I had it on my second TV. Yeah, I mean, it was really kind of a weird game in the sense that he, the he almost got his quarterback killed. The quarterback was getting hit almost every running him, like no regard for his quarterback whatsoever. The play calling was just strange, just really weird. Running on third and eight, you know, like never really given. The, you know, you asked me the question yesterday: Is Jackson Dart a, a pro player? So I kind of had a look. I wanted to watch him closely, and mm-hmm. I. That offense is not a pro offense. It's not something that you could say, okay, this is good. It was really a weird game, and the score is probably not as close indicative of how much Alabama was the better team. Alabama's defense showed up. They dominated the line of scrimmage. I mean, they throw a horrible red zone interception. They have the ball first and go with the one off a block punt and can't get it in the end zone. That's a four-point play. They have to settle for a field goal. But, you know, Milrow finally – made a few plays. I, I tweeted this. Milrow, I mean, when he's when he's moving, when he's running, he never threatens the defense that he's going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Mahomes on the move. You don't know what you're going to get. 
right? He's out there, and, and all of a sudden he sets his feet and bangs it, or he throws an alley-oop. Who knows, right? But when Milrow decides he needs to run, he just runs, and he doesn't look at anything. That doesn't make him dangerous. That's where, and then later in the game when he did that, he became a little bit of a better player. You know, the kid made a great catch on a deep throw early in the second half. But, I mean, I thought he got better, but I still don't like Alabama's offense. To me, it's just not good enough. They wore down Mississippi in the game. Last thing on the college football before we turn our attention back to the NFL here, uh, Ryan Day after the game. <laughs> I'm sure you saw that one. <laughs> I saw that. How about I mean, that? He said, where's Lou Holtz at right now? I'm like, come on. He's, Lou Holtz is 86, I hope Lou was buddy. sleeping. Yeah, exactly. I hope Lou was sleeping. You know, I mean, look, I, that's what – actually, can we talk about it? I mean, that's, I mean please. what are we doing? We got 10 guys on the field. Okay, we had a substitution problem. I got that. It happens. Mm-hmm. The set, You don't change it after one play? Who's in the box watching? Where's your head coach? Like, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you have 10 plays on – 10 men on defense, two plays in a row – and you got all these people. I didn't count how many people are on the Notre Dame staff, but when they flash the press box, it's standing room only. I mean, it's harder to get a seat in the Notre Dame press box than it is at Rayo's in New York. I mean, it's it's hard. Like nobody else was counting up there. Apparently not. Apparently not. Did I you mean, s- it's a comedy. College football, the game management in college football is so bad. I mean, Clemson. Disaster game mm. management. I mean, it's horrendous. It's so bad. You you just sit there and say, what are we doing? I was watching Arizona-Stanford, okay? Mm-hmm. Arizona comes out. They, they go up. They go, Stanford kicks a field goal five, five minutes to go. Had to be a long field goal. It's 21 to 20. Arizona's up. They set up for the onside kick in like a, a rugby formation. Arizona goes off sides. There was conflicting penalties, so they put the ball back. Then, then they they try it again, and something else happens. So then they finally say, okay, abort that plan. We're just going to kick it deep. But it, it, Arizona was playing for the onside kick. The kid takes the ball at the 15, at the 10, and he starts to run it with no blockers. Like, why isn't he fair catching that ball? Like, why isn't he fair catching that ball? You know, and then the use of timeout. I'm like, what is going on here? Someone out there could become very, very rich if they just had, here is my off-season college football coaches game management clinic and have all these coaches come in. You know, it's and- funny. You say that. They don't want they don't, they they don't want to listen. They think they know. They think they know. Oh, well. Like I ask everybody all the time, in your quarterback room, in your quarterback room, do you have – a place, do you have the, the field where the quarterback comes into the room and he sees the field and he sees giant red marks in certain places on the field that he cannot take a sack? He cannot take a sack. No, we don't have that. Well, how do you, if, if you're not reminding him of that every day, if you're not reminding the play caller of that every day, then don't get mad when a kid's at his own 30 and he takes a sack back to the 38 and now you're kicking a 54-yard field goal. Like, like, don't tell me, like, that's game. See, people think game management is Sunday or Saturday. No, game management is the first day you practice. Like Notre Dame yesterday, they had three fourth and ones they don't get. That's game management. That's not situ- that's game situations, game management. 
if you're not covering that or prepare for that, I mean, it, 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 that's where, you know, these guys, I mean, Freeman spent most of his week last week promoting. You could see it. Yeah. You could see it. And then, then when it comes time to coach the game on Saturday, he's not coaching it. He's watching it. I mean, you could question the pass that Notre Dame had. I believe it was on third, second down of their final offensive drive there that allowed Ohio State to save that one timeout that the Buckeyes had, and it was just a disaster. And, and to kind of double back to Freeman there, after the game, he was asked about the 10 players on the field, and he said, we tried to get a guy on, but then I didn't want to get a penalty, so I just had him stay back. And it's like, bro, you have 10 guys on the field. Like, like the, a defender could run onto the field. Like, that's legal and stuff. Like, I, I don't... I don't know what was going on there. Just an absolute uh, disaster and breakdown in communication and a breakdown in execution for the Fighting Irish. Thus, they lose at home at the buzzer to Ohio State 17-14. to All right, we'll get to the NFL on the other side. We have Lombardi's lines as they make their debut in the 2023 season. We'll also get to the most bet games by ticket and handle coming up next here on the Lombardi line. Hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Femi Ababafei, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Put the VEASAN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription when you use promo code Lombardi. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember to use promo code Lombardi to save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription today. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. It's a week three Sunday here as we're getting you guys set for kickoff coming up in about three hours now. Uh, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Well, Michael, let's look at some of the most bet games over at the DraftKings Sportsbook here. This is by the handle. We have the ticket count as well, but I really want to focus in on the handle. And this is one that has been getting bet all throughout the week. We talked about this kind of briefly in between one of our breaks on Monday. But the number one most bet game is the Bills at the Commanders by the handle. That is the top one. Number two, Cowboys at the Cardinals. Three is Bears at Chiefs. Broncos at Dolphins is number four. And the Colts at Ravens is number five here. But that Bills-Commanders game, a lot of eyeballs and a lot of money being wagered on the game in Landover, Maryland later on this afternoon. Yeah, no question. And I think a lot of people were surprised, as I was, that, that Washington was able to go out to Denver and win that game, you know, and, and get behind 21-3 to three on the road and come back and win it. Sam Howell looked well. I mean, are we sure Buffalo's a good team? They played really well last week against Las Vegas. They actually operated an offense, and they kind of look like a better team. I think this will be a little bit of a different challenge, particularly because of Washington's strength on their personnel side with those two tackles, Payne and Allen, inside against the guards, uh, especially the guards of Buffalo. Buffalo, if they can get pressure inside, it's not going to be Chase Young's pressure. It's going to be those inside to force Josh Allen to have to move around and not play in rhythm that he played in last week. And it'll be a fun game. It'll be another sellout at FedEx. I mean, who yeah. knew, right? Yeah. Well, that's something we kind of talked about throughout the offseason is that, okay, Josh Harris is in their new ownership. It seems like the fan base is kind of reignited, but you kind of wanted to take the wait and see approach. You wanted to wait and see once the season started. A 2-0 and start, and now you're welcoming in a Super Bowl contending team to your building. Like, good for the Commanders fans. They're showing up. They're showing out. Now, we'll see how, what the percentage is. I'm sure there's a lot of Bills Mafia that will be in attendance as well since they travel pretty well. But uh, another sellout crowd here for the Washington Commanders. Maybe they'll get a legitimate home field advantage. That line is now down to five and a half at some points. Uh, here at Circa, where I'm sitting, it's even five. There's one six left on the board. But it's been a lot of Washington money that has come into the market ever since this touched seven earlier on Monday at the first open, but uh, it's been all commander's money coming in ever since one game that does interest me. And it's, it's a fourth most bet game in terms of the handle. That's Broncos at the dolphins, similar point spread, but Miami is actually the most bet team this Sunday by the handle. However, the line is kind of moving against them. Some five and a halves out there. Six is the consensus number. How do you see this one playing out? Jalen Waddle, of course, has been ruled out in the concussion protocol. Well, this is all about running the football. I mean, you're, you gotta be going in there and run the ball. And Denver has to be able to run the football effectively. Look, one of the things about Miami that I don't think people really understand, Miami's so explosive, right? They're very good at making big plays. But if you make them play a conventional style, i.e. get them in the red zone, get them on third down, right? They're not as good. They're not good third down defense, and they're not good on third down offense. There's 13, there's 22nd in the league in third down offense. They're 29th on third down defense. You can throw the ball on Miami. New England had opportunities. They didn't make it, especially at Xavier Howard. Howard's got four pass interference penalties 
early in the early hit three against the Chargers. You can go after him. Now, he took a rest day this week. They say he'll be fine. He was on the injury list. But what, what Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos have to do is control the football. They've got to be able to run against Vic Fangio's seven-man front, and they've got to be able to keep the ball away and not give up the big play. They won't have Justin Simmons in the secondary. But with Sertan being able to match up, perhaps with some help on Hill, now all of a sudden he doesn't have two guys you're worried about. You know, the mm-hmm. Waddle and Hill combination are deadly. Now, New England did a really good job against Hill last week, but Waddle made a couple plays that made it difficult. So I think six and a half was too many, and I think people recognize that. This is one of those games that when you look at the board and the landscape that I look at, which is all the books everywhere, this is one of those low-ticket, high-money games. You know, there's only 33% of the tickets being written up. Of the 160,000, 33% of the tickets say that people are taking Denver but they've got 70% of the money, mm. which means there's significant money coming in on Denver. Yeah, and this is Denver also in a desperation spot as well at 0-2, going on the road here in South Beach. It's a, it's a tough spot here for the Broncos, but it's definitely probably going to be the kitchen sink game for Denver because you can't go to 0-3 and expect to want to make the playoffs there. That's a, yeah. that's a tough hole and, to climb And I'm on. not suggesting Denver's going to win. Uh, you yeah. know, people that listen to this think, well, Lombardi don't like the Miami. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think Miami can win. I think this is going to be a field goal game at the end. Yeah, I really do, and my and I had this as a three point. So, so I can explain my numbers a little bit here before we jump into them. Please do. My numbers are based on categories: turnover margin, ratings, offensive line, red zone. You know, offensive line is sack per play, not sacks perfectly. Right? There's a difference there. It's like how many third downs do you allow is is a really a good trait, not what's your third down conversion. It's a little bit of a difference, right? If you allow a lot of third downs, it means you're not giving up any big plays, right? If you can get teams in the third down, if you can get Miami into 14 third downs, you're going to beat them because they don't execute on third down. you got a chance to get the ball back. But if you give Miami chunk plays and you don't get them in the third down, so my categories are all predicated on what it takes to win. And then I come up with a number. And then the other team has their numbers. And so – when you, when you do those things, you look and see, and then you come up with your own line. My line for this game was just a tab below four. So mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why I like Denver. I think Denver's numbers, even though I don't think Denver's a great team, they have to improve their offensive line. I think Denver can hang with them today because I think Denver has the makeup. When you look at over their numbers, they've got to improve their offensive line. They're 28th in sack per play. And their defense is 26 in points per play defensively. Those are the two concerns you have. And then, of course, Denver's fourth down, fourth quarter defense was atrocious. Just for full transparency, because I think a lot of people in our audience would be interested in this, do you put in any home field advantage into your numbers? I know that's something that's sort of diminished over the years. Is that anything that you factor in when you make your lines? I don't. I don't anymore. I think it's really been over uh, overdone. I think it's. I, I think the snap count. What? What? It, what? 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 If you, if I asked you, all right, I'll ask you, mm-hmm. what is the advantage of playing home? I would say it's the being in your own bed and being able to not have to travel and have to keep your routine. Okay, so there's that. But the real reason is snap count. The mm-hmm. real reason is the snap count. Because the, the reason home field is so vital is because football is a game of the snap count. Mm-hmm. I hear it. I'm on offense. Go. Okay, I get I get to go first because I know what the ball is going to be snapped on. 
And so when I go on the road, when I can't hear it, and the defense and I hear it at the same time and they both move, I lose my advantage. Okay? That's essentially what home field means. That's what it means. Sleeping in your own bed's great, right? Sleeping in your own bed's wonderful. But the way we travel and the way these teams travel, it isn't back in the 60s when they were taking trains to the West Coast, right? That ain't what it is here. So I'll give some of that. But now, today, the snap count is no longer in effect. The silent count. Even domes don't don't have that much of an effect. Look at Seattle. They go up into Detroit, sold out, crowd, raucous. Yeah. 38, you know, they sold it. Look at, look at Ohio State goes into Notre Dame yesterday. Loud, loud, loud. No problem. They win. Yeah. Seems so I think end. we make too much of it. So I don't put it in here. It's in here in the sense of your one loss records in the numbers. Mm-hmm. But it's not in here. Now, weather, to me, that's a different story. You know, if Tua's playing today and it's 40-mile-an-hour winds in Miami, I'm go, that's going to affect the game. Same thing with Mac Jones and, and up at the Jets. Doesn't have enough arm to really t- tether the wind. So you, that's what, to me, makes a bigger difference. Well, let's talk about the weather here briefly before we head to break because we do have some weather games with the storm system that's over there up in the northeast. Patriots at Jets being one of them. 10 to 15 mile per hour winds, 30 mile per hour gusts in that game. Also, Colts at Ravens is expecting some wind scattered showers. Saints Packers expecting 10 mile per hour winds, 15 to 20 mile per hour gusts, chance for rain. Broncos Dolphins, a decent shot of shower or storm in the game. Bills Commanders also expecting some weather. Panthers Seahawks. And then Monday night, we have the Eagles at the Buccaneers. Which of these weather games do you think has the most impact? Do you think it's the Patriots at Jets and what you mentioned with Mac Jones and the, and the arm strength? I, I think so. I think Patriots with the Jets. And I think even Zach Wilson with a great arm, I don't know if he's going to be able to control the ball as well. I think the weather's going to be a real factor. I think the, the Baltimore Colts game, I think that can be a factor. Remember this now. Last year, opening day, a very good 49er team goes into Chicago. A very good 49er team, mm-hmm. but with Trey Lance at quarterback. And I'm not blaming him, but they had all sorts of problem with the weather. Yeah. And they lost that game. They had no reason to lose that game whatsoever. Okay. But the weather kind of helped the Bears out in the game. <laughs> so the teams that run the ball effectively, especially if it's hard to throw it, you know, you should be able to. Weather helps the pass offense because if the field's soggy, the, the defense can't run the football. The defense can't get off on the snap. They can't rush the passer. Well, we'll continue to break down these games on the other side. This is the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Timmy Abbefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are. And tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It's a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly $1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. Use the data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice, real, R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free. Download Juice Reel to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better better. It is a Sunday, week three in the National Football League, and you're hanging out with the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi, breaking down 
today's slate of games. And let's continue our conversation about the Patriots at the Jets in the Meadowlands. Right now, New England, a two and a half point favorite is the consensus number. The total is down to 35. That is the lowest total that we have seen so far in the mm. NFL this season. Lowest total in a game in the first three weeks since the 2011 season. Not many points expected, but as we detailed earlier this hour, weather is expected in the Meadowlands. So that's obviously playing a factor into this one. Uh, how do you make this one? Because I know your Lombardi line has this New England 4.88. So you do have an edge with your line. Are you confident in betting that edge with your line here with the Patriots laying it against the Jets? Well, you know, I, I'm never confident about that. I, I think to me, weather will be a factor. Uh, this is a game where the team that makes the least mistakes will win. The team doesn't have to play great to win they just can't turn the ball over and miss field goals count as turnovers too so if Zerline has a bad day or the you know or the kicker for new england does i mean it, that that's the issue right so this is one of those games where i think both teams and it's reflective in the over under totals are going to be conservative and punts are going to be in, in full force here but i do think the way new england's defense now Dwayne brown the starting left tackle for the jets shockingly mm -hmm. just went to IR. Okay, I say shockingly because whenever you have that old of a player playing for you, the chances of him getting hurt are fairly fairly good because this is a young man's sport and it's tough. Mm -hmm. Wayne Brown's been a really good player over his career in Seattle, at Houston, and you know even last year he gave him. So now they're going to move Becton over to left tackle to be determined on who will be the right tackle. This is a pretty good defensive line for New England, and they're going to try to force the edge – and force the, uh, the ability for Wilson to have to play in the game. And usually in the past, because the Patriots' offense was so prolific, they could do that with their offense, make the Jets play from behind, get them to throw the ball. The last time we played them in 2015, I mean, it went to overtime. We, Fitzpa Fitzpatrick threw it 41 times, threw three touchdowns, didn't throw an interception. That rarely happened, no disrespect to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So <laughs> I, I think to me, this is what – the mindset of the game is going to be. And the Patriots have to take advantage of the Jets' offensive line. And the Jets have to take advantage of the Patriots' offensive line mm -hmm. because the Patriots' offensive line for the first two weeks has been in constant flux. This week, I think they're finally going to look like the team, if they can stay healthy with these five players, these will be the five that play for the next 15 games. And they got to play much better than they played in the first two games. So... I think it's a low-scoring game. I think it goes back and forth. These are the hard games to handicap because one play here or one play there can determine the outcome. I mean, neither quarterback for either team is playing that well. I mean, Mac Jones has had some opportunities, hasn't been able to deliver. A lot of it is pressure that he gets. The New England receivers have been hurt the first game. They didn't have Devontae Parker. This game they will. So, And then the last thing is the secondary for New England. I mean, every Jones that plays in the secondary for New England is on IR. Jack, <laughs> Marcus, and Jonathan. Jonathan's not on IR. So they're down. Sean Wade's going to have to start at corner, which means they're going to have yeah. to put Mills in at the slot corner. This really makes them vulnerable. And if the Jets can protect and they trust Wilson to throw, they should be able to make plays. I suspect New England will double Garrett Wilson and then take their chances everywhere else. 
Fun fact, this is the 23rd straight meeting that the Patriots have been favored over the Jets, the longest active streak in any head-to-head matchup in the NFL. And that just goes to show you the kind of the dominance of the New England dynasty. Uh, obviously, different times 23 times ago than it is right now, different situation, but it's interesting nonetheless here. And when I hear you break down this game from a betting standpoint, I don't think I'd ever get involved with the side in this game. And if anything, you would kind of bet the under, but it's been so heavily baked in that everyone expects this to be a low scoring game to where I don't think there's much value in that one to where I guess I'm saying that this feels like a stay away game for me from a betting standpoint, Patriots at the Jets. Yeah. I mean, for me, it is too. Look, you know, obviously I'm a fan. I have a lot of friends still in new England, so I root for that. So to me, my objectivity is, when I'm rooting for a team like New England or Las Vegas, I try to take myself out of that equation. Mm-hmm. But the way New England hasn't been able to make critical plays at critical moments uh, has been concerning. It's it's unlike New England in the past. And, you know, they've got to find a way to make a play. They've got guys open. They miss them. Guys don't catch the ball. They have a chance. And then, too, you know, they've turned the ball over so damn much. I mean, they've spot, they spotted Philadelphia 16 to nothing. You know, they get behind 17 to three to Miami. You know, you they're not a team built to play from behind. Neither are the Jets, frankly. Yeah, yeah that's why like, it's almost the Spider-Man meme with the two teams kind of pointing at each other and the Spider-Mans where it's like, hey, like we're pretty similar, both dealing with some O-line issues, both with really good fronts, both really good defensively, and both with quarterbacks who need to limit the turnovers. So it's, it's a lot that's going on here with this game, but I expect it to be low scoring like the market does sitting here at 35, and we'll see if that continues to tick under as we get closer to kickoff. Let's go down the coast, though, to Baltimore, where the Ravens are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Ravens, of course, with a number of injuries, had a number of injuries last week, able to upset the Cincinnati Bengals, but once again, banged up on the offensive line, banged up in the secondary. No Odell Beckham Jr. on the outside, but I don't think he really matters that much to the point spread. However, with that said, this line has come down from eight to sitting at seven and a half, moving in favor of your line here. Colts with a backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, in for Anthony Richardson, who's in the concussion protocol. Is this closer than the market thinks that this will be with the line sitting at seven and a half? I mean, there is this is there is a chance based on the injuries, right? Now, look, let's be honest here. The, the, the Ravens are a team, in spite of getting A's in every single draft since since the draft started in 46, they, they have they have they, they're they're better some of their parts. John Harbaugh does a remarkable job of playing team football, but today they're going to be missing offensive linemen, defensive linemen. The secondary's beat up. Now the Colts, you know, Ryan Kelly's hurt. Will he play? Is Quentin Nelson going to go? Those are concerns for them. But the Colts can play defense and they play zone, and so all eyes will be on the run game. Can they hold up in the run game? And they run to the football. They play hard. I think to me that's kind of the game there. I think the de- the Colts defense, if if you're playing them and taking the points, you're saying the Colts defense can keep this game close, which I would agree with, right? Which mm-hmm. I would agree with because the Colts on defense, you know, they're 13th in the league in points per play allowed on defense. Now the Ravens are fourth in that category, and they played Cincinnati, right? They played Houston and Cincinnati. The Colts offensive line, the Colts red zone. Minshew is a RPO quarterback. Get it out quick. Make quick decisions, get the ball out. And if Zach Moss is going to play running back for the Colts today, if he's healthy, which they say he is, that gives them a chance. You can run the football. You can move the ball on Baltimore. Now, they've got to be able to hold Lamar in the pocket, and they've got to be able to keep him from throwing the ball in the middle of the field. you got to pack the middle of the field against Lamar. And that's why I don't think the Beckham injury really is significant because at the end of the day, they want to throw the ball in the middle of the field anyway. 
Yeah, Mark Andrews is the go-to guy here for the Baltimore Ravens. And you saw the difference in week one to week two. No Andrews in week one, and we're all wondering about this Monken offense with Lamar is a good fit. Mark Andrews comes back week two, and then they're moving the ball up and down the Cincinnati Bengals field there and not having no sign of being stopped. So uh, I think Mark Andrews is definitely the go-to guy here for Lamar Jackson. Your line, just for the record, is 5.29 here in favor of the Baltimore yeah. Ravens in the I like current it. market I, 75. I, yeah, to me, like some of my lines – Early in the season, again, level of competition matters too, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we, you know, we know that the Cowboys haven't really played tough competition in the first. I mean, the Giants, they, they handled rather easily. And then the, the Jets. So sometimes the numbers get a little askewed. But I feel pretty good about the, the When you break down, when you compare the two teams, I mean, the Colts are the only team in, in this matchup. What I do is I tag – anything below 24 to 32. So that means they're deficient in that area. Mm -hmm. And the Colts are just in two of those areas, and Baltimore's just in one. Baltimore's third down defense, not surprising, is one of the worst in football. Now you would say, how is that? Well, because they can't, they can't cover, and they don't really have a great pass rush. Yeah. I mean, they brought Clowney in, and Clowney's, you know, gave him a little bit of juice last week against Jonah Williams. I mean, he actually dominated Jonah Williams. So – it, you can throw the ball on third down against them. Yeah. 621 entries in the Circus Survivor on the Baltimore Ravens. That's the third highest 10.5% of the pool. Should those people be worried? <laughs> yeah. I love uh, today what I did for the first time. I went to Circa and I looked at, you know, I look at who the best bets are, but I looked at the teams when we come back from the break. I looked at the teams that, that were the least amount of play on, which mm -hmm. to me, I think is more important than who plays everybody. Yeah. No, that's something that we can break down on the other side. The Circle Million Contest, really, really interesting, and the consensus plays are out there. We'll break those down. Uh, I will give my card for the consensus plays as well, or rather not my, for my contest plays, I should say, at the end of the show when we run down the board. But we'll be back on the other side. We'll talk Bills and Commanders and get to some of the other games on Sunday's Week 3 slate. This is the Lombardi Line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code VEGAS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code VEGAS. The crown is yours. We're rolling along here on the Lombardi line on the DraftKings network here on this Sunday, week three in the NFL regular season, 13 games on the slate, and we will cover all of them for you to get you set for your betting afternoon and evening. But let's pick back up over in the DMV Landover, Maryland, where the Washington commanders will be hosting the Buffalo Bills. We touched on this game earlier about how it's the highest handle, but let's break down what we think is going to happen on the field later on in a few hours where Washington is now a five and a half point underdog total sitting at 43 interesting note here put in from our producer Elliot Bowman Josh Allen 23 13 and 2 against the spread on the road in his career however Ron Rivera 10 4 and 1 ATS as a home underdog of at least four points so we know the atmosphere will be a live sellout crowd once again how do we see this game playing out well you know the, what the Bills are able to do is the Bills are able to play their Nickel front, you know, they play two very small linebackers. And Matt Milano is outstanding. I mean, even though he's undersized, he played safety at Boston College. I mean, he's not a big man. And neither is neither is Terrell Bernard, the kid who had the interception last week. He's a small linebacker. He's six feet, maybe 220. And so they don't play with a lot of power. But So they want to play from in front. You know, they want to be able to play from in front. And they use their movement and their athleticism to make plays. And I think this is going to be a hard matchup for their defense because Washington's, second, Washington's receivers are good. I mean, they could, they, they've got McLaurin who can, you know, he's, he's hard to cover. He gets open. This is a team that doesn't, Buffalo doesn't want to play man-to-man. They want to kind of play their zone. They want to play their shells. But their safeties are not the same. The game's going to come down to can Washington's offensive line, which is not good. You know, they're 29th in the league, they're 30th in the league in sacks allowed per play. Can they protect? The beginning of the Denver game, they couldn't. Playing at home, can they? I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. And if Josh Allen is able to execute and take profits and not try to become the hero, he can move the ball on this defense, which is very good. But there is some places where, you know, you're going to be able to move the football like Sean Payton was able to do. So, I think that's going to be the the big issue. For Washington, their third-down defense hasn't – last year they were one of the best third-down defenses in all of football. After two weeks, they're 29th in the league. Not good enough. But they are, personnel-wise, they are improved. With Chase Young now playing on the edge, they've got a much better chance at attacking the pocket and creating some problems and getting – and they've got enough size on their defense to get Josh Allen on the ground. That's going to be the key. Can they get him on the ground? And I think it's a back-and-forth game. I had it as a closer game 
then mm-hmm. I think we this was at six and a half. Now this is one of those games early, so people know. You know when you, I know when you're listening to this on a Sunday, you decide on who to play. Most sharp betters that do this for a living, they decide on Monday who they're playing based on that number. Yep. And by Friday, they're they're Friday. They're not even looking at this week's games. They're looking at next week's numbers. So this was a game that everybody took that when that six and a half or seven was up there because I think it was seven, wasn't it, Femi? Yep. At one time, yep. we were sitting here and it went to seven and it lasted for about five minutes. Uh, yeah. People took it, uh, took Washington, and immediately went back down to six and a half. And yeah. it's, I think it's been at six and a half pretty much all week. Now it's at, now it's coming down to five and a half. But that move, see, people equate these movements with sharp money coming in and taking them late. A lot of this is perhaps it's public money too. It depends on who the money is. Now the line's down to five and a half. Yeah, I think it's it's been one one way traffic here ever since it hit seven all the way with the commanders now down to five and a half and five point favorites where I'm sitting here at Circa. But I want to ask you this about the Buffalo Bills. Do you think the Bills are closer to the team we saw in week one or closer to the team that we saw last week in week two when they beat the Raiders? Closer to the team we saw in week one. The Raiders played nothing but zone against them. They gave him those short throws and he took them. And what they were able to do is they won the middle eight. So the Raiders get the ball. For, it's 14 to 10 to go in that game with over with under two minutes, and the Raiders have a first down. They're backed up. They stopped them on the one-yard line. The first down, they run it. They get some room. Now they got a second and two, lose a yard, third and two, can't get the ball off, punt it back. The Raiders' offense was technically, you know, didn't come back on the field for about an hour. You know, they scored again, and then they scored again, and next thing you know, the game's over. So – uh, that that really is how that game got away from Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I, I I said this: if Las Vegas could have kept that game close to the fourth, they might have. But what Buffalo did a good job of was stopping the run. They mm-hmm. their movement athletically up front created problems for o- Oakland. Excuse me, Las Vegas didn't meet the physical challenge. They got from the first play of the game, they got punched in the mouth and they didn't meet it. What do you think of the matchup, the coordinator battle between Biennemi and McDermott here? Because obviously a lot of familiarity from Biennemi being in Kansas City, going up against Buffalo in all those playoff games and regular season battles. How do you see this one playing out here now that Biennemi, of course, is equipped with Sam Howell at QB? But this offense has been pretty productive, though. At least they were last week against yeah. Denver. Look, I think it favors Biennemi because McDermott's not going to change, and Biennemi has good weapons. And I think McDermott's secondary isn't nearly as good as it once was. I mean, Hyde and Poyer are not the same players. They're both older. Mm-hmm. They play rap down there in nickel to give them some size because they, they want to be able to play. They're in nickel all the time. And the enemy knows it. Like, they're not changing who they are. And they don't really have a lockdown corner. So, it's you know, when they want to play a man game, it's not going to be easy for Buffalo. Well, let's go to Arrowhead, where I think this might be America's game of the week. I don't know how we got settled with this one, but it's the Chicago Bears against the Kansas City You know how we got settled with this one. <laughs> big Come on, don't Chicago. play, big, don't play, big, don't big TV play rating that. Chicago. Nah, you know exactly how <laughs> big, big this TV was rating. written in the book. Big TV rating for the Chicago Bear fan base. Uh, we want to go ahead and put oh, them in. Oh, you, <laughs> the, you think the, uh, the, 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 the quarterback is going to do the coin toss here to celebrate it as America's game? I mean, you know. The, he'll have an MVP on one side and 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 Justin Fields' face on the other side of the coin. I mean, that'd be perfect, right? <laughs> well, we do have the reigning MVP on the field in Patrick Mahomes. His team is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. 
His team's a 12 and a half point favorite against Chicago Bears. Total sitting at 48. Get this, Michael. This will be the first matchup since the 1970 merger between the quarterback with the highest win percentage and the QB with the lowest career win percentage with a minimum of 25 starts. Field at 18% win percentage. Patrick Mahomes just under 80% win percentage. Is this a one-way traffic, Kansas City, or, or pass here? Because some people in the betting market, surprisingly, have been interested in backing Chicago at plus 313. Now we're down to 12 and a half. Where I'm sitting, we're down to 12. Look, I, I've said this since, since the end of the game last week when they beat Jacksonville. Kansas City is not the same offensively. They have not been. And, and it shows up in the numbers this week. They're 24th in the National Football League in points per play offensively. The Bears are actually only 21st. I mean, think about that. The wow. Bears are better in points per play than the, than the Chiefs. Now, that, that's not much the Bears do really well. But other than that, but the Bears are the Bears are horrendous. They're 31st in points per play defensively, where the Chiefs are really good, and they've made they have really improved defensively. Mm-hmm. They're third in the league in points per play. You know that Jacksonville offense had chances. They couldn't get it in the end zone. You know, the Detroit offense, which we all think is the greatest offense since the, the 2000 Rams, I mean, they held them to 14 points. Held them, and, win, and they win that game if Tony catches the ball. I'm just telling you. Yeah, just one of those I balls. think they win that game. So there's nothing about this Bear team that you like. They're 28th in turnover margin. They're 30th in offensive rating. Their offensive line is the worst offensive line, partly because their quarterback loves to take a good sack. Nobody likes a sack more than your boy Fields. No one does. Loves to take good sacks. You know, and so because of that, you know, they can't do anything. And then if this becomes a third down game, how do you think that's going to end up for the Bears? They're 30th in the league in third down offense. So it's just to me, you know, it, it's, it's a real issue. Excuse me, they're 30th in the league in third down defense. So it's a real issue. And then, then naturally, of course, the Bears are one of the worst fourth quarter defenses in football because they get once they've played through the game, people have a sense of what they're doing. I, I, I know this. All that being said, I have a hard time backing the Chiefs because I know they they have not been a great covering machine when they get these kind of spreads, mm-hmm. and they may take it off. But I think this is different. I don't think Andy Reid's happy with where he is offensively, and that Bear defense coming to town is a pretty good recipe to get better on the offense. Yeah, it feels like a good get-right game. Your Lombardi line is at 11.7, the market nearing your line here at 12.5 as the spread here. Real quick, though, on Kansas City, do you think that they can fix these offensive woes, or is this going to be what we see throughout the season? Well, I, I think they got to get healthy, right? I think Kelsey's not healthy. He's out there trying his ass off, mm-hmm. you know, but he's not 100%. Once he gets healthy, it'll help. But this offensive line isn't – I mean, they benched Taylor the other game. Yeah. And they paid Taylor. You know, Donovan Smith's not as good as Orlando. I mean, they're not good up. They're not as good up front. And they don't and they're running game. Pacheco is going to go today, but he's not healthy. And if they have to play Edward Solaire, that's not good either. Yeah. Defensively, I believe Nick Bolton has been ruled out their linebacker who we like here on this on the show. That's gonna, the, that's gonna hurt yeah. their defense. Yeah, one of the dynamic defenders, young defender in the National Football League. All right, that is Bears at the Chiefs. We will begin hour number two with the other big spread game down in the desert, Cowboys at the Cardinals here on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.